Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Whining, uh, a podcast that brings you the latest fashion news at fast pace. That's what I pitched to Sean. Fashion news. He said, listen, you short, uh, pale, little weed of a man. I don't like the way you dress, and no one else does, so we're doing wine and beer. That sounds like exactly something I would say. <laughs> yeah, it does sound similar. <laughs> uh, the, the wine is a wine and beer podcast. Um, I like beer. I'm just a person. I'm not really anything. Sean, though, across my way. Say hello, Sean. Hi. Hi, Josh. <laughs> hey, mate. Uh, is oh, a familiar uh, at some pretty fancy restaurants. Uh, he, he doesn't like to say what yet. O- only one at a time, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, he knows about his wine. So Sean will be championing a wine throughout this podcast. I will be championing a beer. And we have to try and persuade the other that our drink is best. Smells like a wine. Does it taste like a wine? <laughs> no, Sean, it tastes like a bloody good time. <laughs> oh, we're uh, No, I'm just joking. It tastes oh. like a red wine. Uh, what have you got for us, Sean? Um, so this week we're drinking um, Cy Vintner's Red 2015 from the Margaret River in Western Australia. Mmm, sounds exciting. And on the beers for you, we have something called a Deeper V11. Um, that is from... A I br- read that as Diaper. Diaper. I'm going Dipper for that. It stands for double IPA. Uh, it's from Cloudwater Brewery um, in Manchester. And it's a, basically a 9% double IPA with some oats in. I think you're going to like it. It's, well, it's definitely not session. It's not session. It's 9%. But, it's 9%. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we will go through this podcast. We'll chat about drinks. We'll chat about some other things. And we'll try and persuade each other that our drink is better than theirs. So let's get going. All right, Sean. Lovely to be here with you again in the beer palace. <laughs> the beer palace. That is, funny name for your bedroom. <laughs> it is. But also... <laughs> Probably the most accurate. Yes. <laughs> of all, if it had to be a palace of some sort. I did have to tiptoe over cans of Doombar. That's not true. They don't I make Doombar do in cans. Mean, no. so you're, <laughs> Bottles you're, of Doombar. Your lies have been outed straight away. <laughs> and uh, you listening right now? Cans no, of Red I'm Stripe. I'm going to trust. Anyway, let's get going. Um, so, first uh, topic of today's discussion, Sean, is when was the last time you cried? When was the last time I cried? When was the last time you cried? <sighs> I can't remember. I don't cry come very on, often. Oh, come on. We're all, we're, all, we're all okay here. 
I don't know. Yeah, it had to be all masculine in front of little old Josh. When no, was the last time I you ge- cried? I genuinely can't remember. I can't remember the last time I cried. No, not- no, nothing, nothing comes to mind. Well, you're depriving the listener of uh, content and sweet, sweet stories. And I can, I can make something out. No, no, I don't want you to. Don't want you to. That's fine. Um, uh, the last time I cried um, last week, I went to go see the Eagle Huntress. Have you heard about this? No. Picture this. <laughs> That's a camera zooming in. Uh, Mongolian, like, sort of, I don't know, land. <laughs> um, this uh, eagle handlers, eagle hunters in Mongolia yeah. have always been male and like always will be male supposedly but this young sort of 14 year old girl learns how to be an eagle huntress despite all the elders hating it and her dad supports her and she wins the eagle huntress championship thing so absolutely bawling in tears that moved you to tears <laughs> it's fair to say excuse me <laughs> my half my half a minute little round up there didn't really give it full justice well no I'm not I, I'm not I'm not beside myself in tears right now no exactly your description. The, the movie I, pr- I promise you if you haven't seen it it's amazing um, but so you know how much uh, it's always tough buying anyone a present especially a romantic one one who has seen you at your weakest and by that I do mean naked um, <laughs> so it's always tricky that so I look over to my girlfriend and she's crying as well so I'm like hello I've got a birthday present idea for you you're not going to buy an eagle are you no, because that's very expensive. I did look into it. But <laughs> to fix t- tickets to Mongolia. <laughs> a falconry experience. Oh. A bird of prey day. 60 mighty hawks above you in the sky. <laughs> Waiting to come down to your mighty hand. Can you imagine how good would that be? She loves it's, this movie. It sounds... Te- she, she, she loves the thought of a 14-year-old girl going up against oppressive ways and besting out on top. I don't yeah. think it was the... <laughs> bird hunting and falconry that, that that moved her to tears. Maybe you should be in my relationship because I thought before I spend and I'm not joking, £240 on this falconry experience because I wanted to get the full well, that one. Each? Uh, well, I, I would just, well, you have to pay to actually go see it. So it's £200 and £40 for me to go and just watch it. It's £40 just to you to stand yeah, there what, yeah, what, yeah. What, watch people try to catch birds. Yeah, yeah, but this isn't the important thing. So but I thought before I spend that, so I might check with her if this is something she wants. Absolutely not, is no, the answer. No. She said she'd be terrified and she wouldn't go. <laughs> of course um, she would be. <laughs> I just think it was a spot on idea, but I'm, I appreciate and uh, like the fact that um, you spotted that before even I did. Maybe you should go out with my girlfriend. Maybe you should I'll just run, run all of her. your ideas past me. Well, um, I'll, I'll see if she wants to date you first. It might make things easier. But um, a new story came to mind, uh, what with falcons being in my... Falcons and eagles and owls being in my sort of... Psyche. Well, it's a bird of prey day. You did th- loads of birds of prey on oh. a bird of prey day. Yeah, it's a big one. Oh, uh, the £200, pounds, it was a goodie. Uh, but this story uh, tickled me. Um, Saudi prince buys airplane. This is how the headline was for me on Reddit. Saudi prince buys airplane to transport 80 falcons. Sounds pretty boring. Um, you know, he probably just chartered an airplane to transport falcons. Absolutely fine. Click it, go in. Saudi prince buys airplane seats to transport 80 falcons. He hasn't bought a whole plane. <laughs> and they're not in the hold. This, this guy's literally bought 80. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the picture right now. Describe the picture. Um, so, shot from like the... One of the back rows of the plane. Yeah. I can see airplane seats with TV screens in them. I can see um, passengers sat straps in. I can see airline attendants giving the 
um, safety announcement to start off. And I can also see about, just in this snippet here, about 45 falcons all blindfolded and tied to seats. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. And the greatest thing really is that they haven't um, they haven't closed the whole plane off. There's just passengers. No. One of them could have been my terrified girlfriend just sat there next to a mighty falcon. But what if you, yeah, what if you were deadly terrified what if of you were? Like, birds of prey? I know. When, you know how bad it is when you go on an aeroplane and there's a child on the same aeroplane, a screaming child? Yeah, they, imagine that with squawking birds. Yeah, well, I think it'd be pretty funny. To be honest, <laughs> I think it'd be funny for ten minutes. I, I, I quite like it before there's feces and feathers everywhere. What is like the air stewardess half handing out peanuts to the other passengers, half regurgitating worms into the falcon's <laughs> mouth? I think, I think <laughs> the birds go, would be fine with your, the peanuts. There's your lasagna and. <laughs> <laughs> quite, that was lovely in my ears. Thank good, you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mr. McFalcon. You're now going to have to clear up those uh, worms you've just regurgitated on the table. It's, it's in the way, but going lovely with this wine that we've got. Uh, but what an incredible story! Um, oh, yeah, I just so, wish I had. Else. I just wish I had the birds and the money to do such a thing. Where was where was he coming from and going to? I think it's within the United Arab Emirates um, because their falcons can actually have their own passport, which is a lovely forest green. I've got a question for you, Josh. Sure. What, pray tell, <laughs> you don't have to say that, Karen. would be your favourite or dream job? Favourite or dream job? Yeah. Is there something called chicken wing tester? I'm sure there is. Then that is not some sort of aeronautic university job where you test the aerodynamics of a chicken's wings. It's gobbling them down. I, I, I think KFC probably have somebody in that kind of line of work. Is there a job where you can look tired, eat bourbon biscuits, and <laughs> just finish there? <laughs> Call it a day after that. I don't know. What do you do for a living? Uh, I, well, I, I produce things. Yeah, then it's that. Yeah, sure. Um... But okay, what, 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 why are you asking? What's your point? Well, um, I've recently come across a, um, a quite an interesting job. I think might be just just up your alley. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so the Smithsonian, you're aware of the Smithsonian? Uh, yeah, the museum in Washington. Yeah, I was going to say um, New York, but fine. <laughs> it's in Washington, mate. <laughs> Have just hired a craft beer historian. What the fluff? A craft beer historian. I love craft beer. I love history. Well, 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 then put the two together. I like amateur history and I like craft beer. That's probably there's probably aren't many people who want to do, want that job. No, I reckon you'd be one of maybe twenty three. Twenty, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just need to good CV gets me into the top ten. Yeah. Then charming interview and turning up absolutely blitzed. <laughs> Gets you into the top three. I'll tell you what I know about craft beer. <laughs> this guy obviously knows his beer. He's had about eight of them. Uh, sir, you smell like a craft beer. <laughs> you smell like a brewery. You must know. You must spend a lot of time in a brewery. Sure. <laughs> well, that's good. Away, it's nice that um, craft beer is finally getting the recognition it deserves. I don't like the title craft beer. Let's just call it beer, yeah? Yeah, I mean, that is something that irks me. Is the type, is that craft beer label? But anyway, moving moving on. Um, it's actually quite an istri- interesting subject: the history of craft beer in the US. I'll give you sixty seconds. Well, it all stems sixty. Carry on. It all fifty nine. St- <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on. Go on. It I'll, all I'll stems from um, from prohibition, as does most things related to booze in the US. Sure. I mean, 
1932, obviously Prohibition went from 1920 to 1933, 1932 there were zero breweries in the US. That's not the right amount of breweries. Peaked up to around about 850 in the mid-1940s, and then kind of lulled a bit because of World War II. The war ruined everything. It did. Apart from technology. Carry on. But now there's over 4,000 breweries in the States. Well, that's all right, isn't it? It's been a huge boom. So it's quite an interesting and rich subject. So I imagine she'll have quite a bit to do. Yeah, well, what's her name? Um, her name is Teresa McCullough. Teresa McCullough, head of craft beer. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. I would quite like that that job. You just sit around and... Would you, would you? I don't imagine there's that much drinking of beer involved. Though. Oh, there'll be loads. Would you help me build a sort of a trap where we dig a hole outside the Smithsonian and cover it with palm leaves and entice her to walk over it? Yes. Thank so you very can, much. So we can jointly take her job. I look forward to it. I really, really want you in my mouth. From then on, there roll, we'll head on further south. Am I talking about the blood of a love rival? Oh no, it's wine. Drinking, it's fine. Wine time. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's all i got to say. I'm quite <laughs> tired. I realise I'm not contributing enough. Is it wine time? It is definitely wine time. That so, better. Um, <laughs> this a terrible, terrible day. Carry on. Um, this week, um, we're going to be going sub-equatorial. We're going to be going down under for a little bit of a little Aussie ripper. Yeah, go on then. Yeah. Um, so we are, um, that was a very kind of meandering. Are you sticking with the accent? I don't know. I was, I was thinking about going strong and then, and then I kind of bottled it a little bit. Tell you what, let's nip that in the bud. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so we are in the Margaret River, um, which is a region in Western Australia. So a bit of Perth. Um, and our producer... And we're drowning in the high tides of the Margaret River. And Sean's yelling, ah! Ah! And I can't throw him a life, boy, because my arms are too weak. From drinking all that wine. <laughs> From drinking all the fine wine we're about to hear about. <laughs> um, so our producer here are called Cy Vintners. Um, Cy Vintners are husband and wife, um, Sarah Monis um, and Io Jakomowski. Um, S... I. Yeah, I don't that's rubbish. Yeah. Um, who own and manage a 30-hectare estate, um, most of which was planted in 1978. So they're quite keen on organic and non-interventionist um, practices. But what does that mean? Um, so basically it means in wine, a lot of people kind of interfere with the winemaking process quite strictly and kind of add chemicals things like this good lot sulfur being the main one i like as, sulfur as a, as a preservative yeah um so the, the, these guys don't um okay. so that's probably better they've come they've converted their estate to being completely biodynamic um which we've discussed on the program before which is like being organic but then some um and this particular wine it's their red blend so just their kind of like um, basic estate blend. Um, it's 80% Cabernet Sauvignon, 10% Malbec, and 10% Petit Verdot. Um, so what we'd call a Bordeaux, Bordeaux blend, or a, um, a claret, as we'd call it in the UK. You wouldn't, unless you were some sort of like 45-year-old Tory at a Christmas Get dinner. Get me a bottle of claret. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's an, old, it's an old term used to refer to wines from Bordeaux. Um, it was basket-pressed um, and had naturally fermented in a mixture of concrete, stainless steel, and wooden barrels. Um, 
It's interesting. I mean, Margaret River is one of the coolest regions in Australia for, for producing wine. and Lots of coffee shops, lots of guys going around with beanies and round glasses. I meant temperature-wise. Carry on. Um, and, I mean, it's it's myriad of creeks and valleys are home to some of you Australia's... You didn't write this. I did. You didn't write this. I you did. You didn't use the word myriad. You're I... such a little shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> Who wrote I, this for I you? I typed this out this no, morning. No, this is a copy and paste job. No. And I'm reporting you to the head. No, no. This is this is all Absolute my own work. Absolute bollocks. This is all my own Absolute work. Absolute bollocks. This is straight penned directly <laughs> from the mind of Sean Cooper. Um, and, yeah, it's home to some of Australia's more kind of funky winemakers. So, um that's what we've got here so something a little bit interesting um, but using classic varietals which is quite nice I think so, so well, what are varietals uh, I'm, I don't know much about wine great, great, great varieties okay fine varietals great varieties have a taste so have a taste give it a smell see what you think I mean I still don't know how to taste the wine properly that's something you should really teach me along this podcast but it's too yeah, it is. No, not. Um, time and place my friend it tastes like red wine. Right, so it's got lots of like, light red berry fruit. I was literally about to say it doesn't taste fruity. <laughs> it so. does taste fruity. It's very fruity. It's quite, okay. it's quite actually quite mineral on the palate as well. Slightly granity, which mm. is really nice. Um, but no, kind of really kind of primary fruit flavours, but really refreshing and vibrant on the palate as well, which considering it's a new world Cabernet, mainly. Um, Cabernet can be quite rich and quite dense when from hotter climates, but here it's got freshness, uh, which is really good. Shows really good winemaking. Yeah, it tastes good. Yeah, that's no, tasty. I like it. It tastes like a dream, a winey dream. I'm just trying to be more, sort of more, trying to give more to this wine bit, but I really struggle. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so, prepping for this show, Sean, I came across a cropper. What does that mean? A, a, cro- a, a, a no. cupper or a cropper? You came a cropper, as in you did yourself a mischief, or you came a cu- across a copper? Josh a copper, the, Josh a in the copper future, coin, Josh a in the policeman. Future. Josh in the future, edit this out. <laughs> I have ultimate power. <laughs> right, go, uh, go, go, go ahead, let's try that again. Let's try this. I'll leave it in, it's fine. Um, I was looking across a story that I quite liked. Millionaire to give away 120 grand flat for free, which is um, clickbaity as a, an, as a headline. You love a bit of clickbait, don't you? Uh, I don't fall for it much, actually. I'm pretty sceptical of it, even when it's like... This whole podcast is based around clickbait. It's absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the listener figures are as they are. But great to have you here, it really is. Um, you mean a, a lot more to us because of that. Um, so yeah, millionaire called uh, Marco Robinson is giving away a free flat. It's for a TV show, but it is him giving it away, apparently. Him or the TV company? It's seen, well, it says that it's him. Um, so it's 120 grand, flat in Preston. And it's because he used to sleep rough and everything. Um, and he's giving it away to someone who's in need. Well, that's, that's a fantastic story. Isn't so this great? guy who's got it's a literal rags to riches story. It is. It doesn't and say he wants to. He wants to uh, share some of his good fortune with somebody not as well. Somebody who was in his position. I mean, it doesn't say exactly how he did go from rags to riches. Let's hope it wasn't through intimidation and uh, unethical clothing. But um, you know. <laughs> Other than that, it's a really nice story. Maybe <laughs> let's let's just not assume the worst. <laughs> you know, let's not assume the worst. Let's assume it's all okay because uh, that's nicer. Um, but yeah, it's really great. The deadline for applications actually, we're recording this on the thirty first. Should be out by the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deadline is the second of February, um, midnight. So if you do want a free flat in Preston, um, you can still apply. You would need to be in need. Okay. 
So you'd need to not have like a full-time job and be able to afford a flat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it would be hard for you to warrant that you're in need, Sean. Yes. Yeah, for you know, because you're not. No, I'm not in need of a... No. I, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not in need of a new flat. What fun games would you play with the general public if you had loads of money? Ooh, ooh, there's a can of worms, isn't there? I think I would like to buy... I've always dreamed of building a trebuchet. You know how some people do yoga for stress relief? Yeah. I what, want to trebuchet what, what, live animals into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, then you're on the on the line of upsetting the public. Yeah, do you, do you no, want I'm to do, some, do, no, to do something that the public seems... the bloody... You want to do something that the public would seem to be kind of altruistic and lovely and would actually be, end up with you trebucheting animals into the into the channel ocean yeah ocean i see myself more on the other side okay cornwall, cornwall maybe <laughs> i don't know it's just um there's so much things like one thing, i'm gonna i might edit this out because it's a bit weird right but um <laughs> just because i think when people win the lottery it's often such bland things so i thought of this idea right and it's just just for shits and gigs Okay, mm. courier service in like I'm funding all of this with my millions. Courier service in London, mm. completely free. You can bike whatever you like to anyone. Doesn't cost a penny. Okay, What's doesn't the that catch? sound great? What's doesn't the catch? Doesn't that sound great? The catch is anything you bike um, is delivered with a naked portrait of yourself. <laughs> so the the bicycle courier also has to so be a free hand so, artist. So he turns up. Oh, um. Uh, a drawn portrait. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, photo no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, not a, nothing seedy, like a, a, a really great drawn portrait. So the, the but it's not are... a very efficient service, is it? Because how long does this portrait take to draw? It's like a freehand sketcher, like you get in Leicester Square. Like oh, okay, so twenty minutes, fifteen, like... twenty. Okay, it just sounds inconvenient more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing more inconvenient. I did think that... who's, who's got fifteen minutes to stand mm. there naked? If you're ordering a courier service to take something somewhere, then you need it done quickly. No, you need not necessarily. Well, probably yeah. though otherwise you'd just take it yourself wouldn't you if you had 20 minutes to spare you out I'm yeah I'm out so obviously I work in a restaurant I've heard about it yeah um, and kind of see and speak to a lot of people it would be rude not to it would be um, what would you say you think is the most ridiculous thing that somebody can ask me as a person can you come back and boop on my wife <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> or uh, we is, we're having a party yeah. and there's me, Julio, Jennifer and Stephen and there could be a Sean. And let me tell you, it's a party where very little clothes are required and lots of gas for the patio heaters. <laughs> um, well, we're on the subject of parties, so you're not a million miles away. Well, right. I'm an insightful guy. Why do you think I start this podcast? So <laughs> that wasn't very good radio. Though we just both looked a bit blank. Yeah, the uh, the the dismissive hand gesture you just pulled off was uh, was evident of that. Anyway, no. So um, last week, whilst uh, whilst at the restaurant was uh, serving, so oh, you're in a tough spot there. You generally don't know which one to pick, the wine or the beer, do you? This is a uh, this is our podcast distilled into its f- essence. <laughs> I was sat here watching you decide wine or beer, wine or beer. Oh, you've gone for the beer. Anyway, right. So carry on with the story. So um, last week, um, serving a serving a table for the guys, they're having a good time. Um, they asked me, they call me over, ask me, ask me to take a photo for them. So I do the classic 
photo of you, selfie of me, photo of you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The selfie sandwich. <laughs> it's not... Okay, fine. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic thing. It's a classic bit. So uh, he finds the selfie. <laughs> Don't call that a bit. It's <laughs> undermining comedians everywhere. Um, so he finds the selfie. Loves it. Calls me a legend. Calls me a funny guy. Okay, well, this guy's drunk. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I'm stood at the front desk, and he walks out towards the front door to, to have a cigarette, and he says to me, Oh, yeah. You're a funny guy. I own a, uh, a restaurant in San Francisco. I've got a question I'd like to ask you. Uh, I'm just going to go out for a cigarette. Uh, why don't you come out and see me? So I'm thinking, ooh, restaurant owner, San Francisco, maybe it's a job offer. Could be that. Not that I'd take it, or I might. San Francisco's a lovely place. Yeah. But I also very much enjoy my job and my life in London. He could so also I'm... be trying to knock your teeth out for using up the 1.2 megabytes on his phone with your face. He could be. Could, have gone either... <laughs> could, could go either way. So I'd take, I'd take the risk. <laughs> and that's why Sean's been whistling throughout this podcast. Because <laughs> he's free of teeth. So uh, i take the risk and i go out to, to see what he's got to offer. Um and he opens up the conversation. Yeah, so you're really funny. Yeah, we enjoyed your joke, the selfie. Yeah, it's really funny. So I'm thinking, all right, he's saying funny a lot. Maybe it's a sarcastic funny. Maybe, this guy's about to kiss ma- me. Ma- maybe, he is a, maybe he is about to knock my teeth out. Yeah. Um, no, he says, oh, yeah, you're a funny guy. Yeah, you obviously, uh, you like to party. Yeah, maybe you could... Uh, <laughs> he doesn't know you all. <laughs> maybe you could sort us out with some, uh, some party. And uh, rubs his nose in a suggestive manner. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh oh, Sean's found himself in seedy adult town. Yeah, so does he for, know what to do? For listeners who are unaware. No, we don't I don't think no, we don't need to explain. No, no, no I'm not going to explain that. Um who don't know me. Um oh, right. I'm possibly the only individual in the London restaurant scene to you can't not, find that kind not, of party. Not not partake in uh, in, in, in partying. In in partying. Yeah. Um so I say to him, mate, you've just asked possibly the only person here who wouldn't have that connection i've just realized we can say cocaine it's, it's, a, it's an adult podcast yeah this is fine this it's, is completely off board yeah absolutely fine yeah um carry on yeah so i say to him mate you've you've picked you've picked the 
only guy in London who doesn't know how to how to deal with this stuff. Um, so he says, oh, "So there you right. were, three, three minutes later, pouring ice in sugar in, uh, <laughs> in a pencil case for him after he asked for a gram." In hindsight, that sounds, that? That, sounds like a, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. So um, he says, "Well, listen, just try and get get me a number. That's why I asked. Just get me a number." So uh, I say, "All right, I'll see what you can do." Don't and say that. What are you saying that for? I just wanted to get out of the situation pretty quickly. You're you that could be illegal. I don't know. That could be... Let me check. What did you say? I'll I, see what I can do. I said, I said maybe. <laughs> well, that's not what you said a minute ago. I'm, I'm going to look into this. If there's any police listening, please come round and bloody take him away. All right, yeah, I will do. Okay, well, yeah. Well, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so he asked me that, and um, I just avoided the table the entire night. Just don't go to see him again. Yeah, you literally hid from him. I just hid. Yeah, I literally did hide. When they were, when they were leaving, I went around the corner and did my cash up. Oh, okay. You weren't hiding. You I... weren't crouching down under a cloth. No, but it was near enough. <laughs> as close as it can get. Beers in heaven. All right, then. It is time to experience the beer cell. Uh, this is when I try and impress Sean with the beer. I don't know enough technically about it, so I use an emotive story to get him in the mood to prefer my beer to his own wine. Sean, are you ready and do you have your lines? I have my lines. I'm not sure if I'm ready. Well, that is not great. Um, have you learnt your lines or is this your first glance at them? This is my first glance. Okay, right. Well, we'll do our best to make it work then. It might be a sketchy show, but we can get it done. You ready? I, well, I've just established I'm not ready, but let's go. Let's give it a go. Ring, 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 ring. Sean snaps upright in his bed like a mousetrap being set off. Well, if mousetraps were much slower at closing and had experienced their sexual peak five years ago. He answers the phone. Yes. Yes. Absolutely not. He replied to the questions. So your girlfriend Jenny left you, eh? Given up on romance due to your visible signs of ageing? And... Do you still maintain any visual pride? Boom! Sean snaps upright in his bed like a slow old mousetrap being set off. It was all a dream. He would never be able to own a phone in real life. What with his lack of cash from working for Lord Divney. And these ridiculous, ugly things do not help either. He said meekly, staring at his ginormous fingers, each the size of an aubergine. That's just <laughs> Unfortunately, Steve Jobs didn't design an iPhone for people who are real-world realisations of Robot Wars spectators. Because of the big phone fingers. Uh, (laughs) Late for work again, Sean fumbles out of bed and runs onto the lawn of Lord Dibney's estate, where he works as a human scarecrow. He's an intern, so only remunerated for travel, which, once accounting for room and board, leaves him owing Lord Dibney about £6 a week. It's not great money, but there really aren't many jobs for someone who makes uh, one of those gigantic Italian restaurant pepper mills look like a normal-sized pepper mill. (laughs) (sighs) It's what I deserve. He screamed in maniacal agony as a rusty nail continues to travel through his foot. Ooh, I've done that in real life. Not nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, An occupational hazard when working for a man who dabbles in treehouse construction. Before Sean sets to work, he takes in the beautiful Vista. Vista? From Lord Divney's lawn, the vast chasms and blocks of shape from the distant peaks, the thin blue light saturating its way through a low heavy fog on the moor, and Lord Divney kissing his recent ex-girlfriend Jenny on the neck while she dances for him to Flowrider. Oh. 
<laughs> Hours of bird scaring begin. Kaka! Kaka! He yells on his lunch break whilst trying to learn the word for an automobile in his My Big First. Uh, my big I book don't of first like how words. this is painting me. <laughs> Back to it. Running at bird after bird, exhaustion. His lungs and bronchioles feel like they're being lacerated with cold, crisp air as it's hauled and rushed to the base of his chest. It sure would be easier if Lord Divney didn't insist Sean scares away these pigeons and magpies while simultaneously breeding prized wood pigeons and ravens. Finally, it's over, and he declares, Now time to have a lie down on the brand new memory foam mattress Lord Divney has bought for me. He mumbles whilst collapsing into a pile of leaves. <laughs> but a beer rests next to him, and he takes a sip. How's that? It's pretty damn good. Great. So, Josh, are you enjoying the wine? It's it's a goodie. It is the ninth best wine I've ever tasted. Okay. Um, but what if I were to tell you this wine is not real? I beg your filthy mouth pardon. What if I were to tell you this wine is a stone-cold fake? I beg your filthy mouth pardon. It's a fugazi. Fugazi, isn't it? Fugazi, fugazi. Right, whatever. That's part, um, of, that's well, part of the whole thing. Go on, get to your point. Yeah, so... Um, you wine rat. I d- oh. Is that what uh, they call people who don't work, like, people who work in wine but don't make wine? Wine rats, because you're lower down on the food chain. No, you're just called... Uh, wine rats. No, you're just in the wine industry. Um, but uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on from the, that. The gutter, the wine gutter. Oh, carry, all right, we, we can be in the wine gutter if you like. But, um, no, so essentially, um, a big thing in the wine news network um, is this w- wine news are we doing wine news we are doing some wine news yes. on our wine ish wine ish podcast we're Pod- actually doing some uh, some wine news i think we should stick to it try singing a little wine news jingle this is wine news it's wine news get your wine news here i'll do something with that in post that'd be great yeah, yeah. nice um so um there's been Big kind of scandal um, and a lot of light shed on. <laughs> Sorry, just using the word scandal about a wine story in this political climate just brought a lot of joy to my heart. No, well, it's about um, fake wine and fraud, essentially. Ooh, so it is, a, it is a bit of a scandal. Um, so um, I'm going to start off by just laying out a little bit of groundwork, a little bit of fact for you. So Please those, do. Um, I'm going to sit back. I won't interrupt. One of the most expensive wines in the world is by a producer called Domaine de la Romani Conti, who comes from Burgundy in France. Um, and their wines can go up for anywhere kind of like £42,000 a bottle, something like that. If you buy that, you're a bad person. And I stand by that. Carry on. All right. That, that aside... Um, so obviously there's a big market in producing fakes of these in order to sell for people who, let's face it, it would be pretty hard to say that's a fake. If somebody gives you, sells you a bottle of wine that you've never tried before and you've just bought because it's super super expensive and, and yeah. products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? So there's a, there would only be a handful of people in the world who would be able to say, that's Romani Conti, you know? Um, that'd be. I mean, I don't know. It'll be it'll be it'll be critics who get to taste the wines because they're critics, rather than people who actually buy the wines. Um, so a lot of people produce fake wines, 
Um, and there's a, a, a new story going around at the moment because uh, one of the alleged ringleaders in an organised crime gang that sold 400 bottles of fake DRC wines in Europe um, should be sentenced to at least two years in prison with a hefty fine, says the state prosecutor who's argued his case in the court in Burgundy. But his defence lawyer... Yeah, um, his defence lawyer is denying his his, uh, his client's involvement in the plot. So, so it's a big it's a big scandal. I mean, a couple of years ago there was a um, a huge. Um, in fact, there's a, a documentary about it on Netflix um, about a, a chap called um, Ru- Rudy Kenawan, um who his, his name was kind of his banded around as Dr. Conti and he had a huge ring of fake wines going around in San Francisco and LA um, and has gone to jail for some, some, considerable, some considerable time because of this. I just feel at some point just live and let live, isn't it? <laughs> when you're in, in, in wine, like sure if it's lives, if it's love, if it's if it's sex, if it's, it's still, it's still forged. You know, it's somebody selling some. It's somebody selling you something, saying it's one thing, but it's not, and taking a vast sum of money from you because of that. Mm, but someone Ford, who's Ford spending forty grand on a bottle, of, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting into it. You, yeah, fine, <laughs> all right. Uh, that this was wine news. <laughs> can, uh, can you remember the jingle? It's wine news. It's wine news. Get your wine news here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play, at the end of this, I'm going to play your first version and your second version over the top. They should be identical. I think they're pretty similar. We'll find out. This it's is wine news. It's wine news. Get, get your wine news here. All right, then. Um, Sean, I want to... <laughs> I don't want to ask your advice about relationships, but for the, the premise of this podcast... Why not? Um, I'm in a successful, happy relationship. You should seek me out for advice. Yeah, oh, I knew I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I'm just doing it because you're here and no one else presents a podcast. Literally, if a raccoon was sat across from me, I'll be asking him as well. Okay, offended, but carry on. Sure. Um, girlfriend, I've been to see her parents three times. Thrice. Thrice. In triplicate. She has been to see my parents zero well, she's met my mum, but she hasn't been back home to my hometown. Okay. How long can I keep this going? How many more times do I visit her parents before I bring her home to the homestead? You need, I would say, I you, need, by the way. you need to see, you need to keep it even, I would say. What, all the time? Well, I don't know. Um, we probably go to see my parents more than we go to see Jenny's parents. And that's a slight cause of contention with us. But it's only because we go down to my parents for like... A weekend because it's further away than her parents, which are just South London. Sure. Yeah. So we like go for a weekend away and things like this to my parents. But um, no, she she gets a bit of. She's like, oh, you always go. We always go see your parents. Let's go see my. Let's go see my family. Uh, um, so <laughs> that's my not impression. Not the most of my flattering impression. Yeah, no, it's not, is it? To do to the woman I love. Um, but anyway, um, so. No, I'd say you need, you need to try and keep it even. Otherwise, there will be the... the uh, why don't we go see my parents? We always go see your parents. That will, but vice that will, versa. That will happen. It will be, why do we never go see your parents? Yeah. Okay. Um, fine. I'm taking your knowledge on board. I'm, I'm nervous from past times of taking 
I don't know if I told you, but when I took uh, my previous girlfriend... What's that, Josh? Has that two girlfriends? Casanova. No, seriously, it has just been two. Um, hashtag lad. Hashtag, hashtag two-time lad. No, that makes it sound like I'm two-timing someone. <laughs> Not the case. Hashtag monogamy. Yeah, hashtag monogamy, exactly. Um, I'm all about that monogamy train. <laughs> Is it a train? No, well, then, no, it would be one singular carriage. Trundling down a track. Hopefully a locomotive, otherwise you will run out of steam because of rolling resistance. Anyway, not important. <laughs> uh, so last time I took my last girlfriend home to my dad. And she hasn't really met my dad yet. She's, um, we sort of, he wasn't home. We went upstairs, unpacked, and we hear a shouting from a down. Josh, bring your girlfriend down here, you fat bastard! For those of you listening who find uh, the fact that Josh has quite a southern accent, um, his dad is not northern. I can attest to this. I've met him before. So, uh, explain. It, it doesn't call me a fat bastard either. I just felt it added colour to, um, to the story. Uh, so, I'm like, fine, let's go down and meet the pops. He seems uh, keen. Go downstairs. He's not even there. Shouting at me to get her down. Not even there. All the brothers are in the lounge, though. Rarely happens. Three other brothers. Gary, Glenn, Dan. All there. Kind of with wry smiles on their face. Because they're meeting my girlfriend for the first time. Whatever. In comes Papa Divney. He is wearing a long black wig. Red lipstick. And a black ball gown. Now. <laughs> I was kind of. I was pretty much stunned silent. Because. It's not something that my dad wouldn't do, but I wasn't expecting it that particular day. <laughs> oh no, you wouldn't be. Not on the, not all, on the first meet, sure. Um, but my girlfriend at the time, Exy McGee, as I call her now, don't, don't do that. Actually, don't refer to her much. Um, <laughs> she was. I hadn't told her about this, but I had to like, oh, my family can be troublemakers, and. Um, she was so polite, she thought this might be what my dad was actually like. She thought my dad might sort of like, um, you know, enjoy wearing that sort of thing. So she was being really polite before my brothers like crack up and uh, start pissing themselves. And it becomes clear my dad's just uh, doing a doing a peat. Uh, <laughs> Is that what you've coined it now? I should do. <laughs> the, the weird thing was that my mum doesn't have a black wig, red lipstick. Or a black ball gown, though. So <laughs> it must be in his own he's, prop he's, box. He's, <laughs> <laughs> what else has he got in there? Power Ranger outfits? Oh, I hope so. So would I. I I'm quite a big fan of Power Rangers. Yeah. Uh, New movie like, coming out. Yeah, yeah. Excited yeah. for that. Very excited. Yeah, um, yeah but um, so I'm just I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm a little bit hesitant about that with bringing new girlfriend home. But, you know, maybe it's got to happen. So we've reached that time, Sean. Have you enjoyed it? I, I never ask you if you enjoy it. I've had an average time at best, but um, that's neither here nor there. I make you come over to my, what did I call it earlier? Gin palace. Beer palace. It's not a gin palace. It's not a gin. Well, I like a gin, but it's not a gin palace. It is no, more of a beer palace. It's a beer palace. Um, I make you come over to my beer. It sounds like we're mad. Um, I make you come over, drink some alcohol with me. Um, do you enjoy it? I've I've had a riot. Great. Um, so this is the point in the podcast where we find out if we've managed to persuade the other to prefer our drink to theirs. Um, 
So, Sean, what were your thoughts on both the drinks? Um, I enjoyed both of them. Um, the wine is is good. Um, so let's have a reminder of the wine. So the wine is um, Cy Vintner's Red 2015. Um, one thing that always suffers when you have uh, a wine from a new world country that is um, an English language country is when you put is is the labelling and um, names of the wine. If that were like Cy, Cy Winery's Rouge, it just sounds a little bit more emotive. It whereas Red. Um, yeah, it's, it sounds like um, you're buying wine uh, from cartons. Yeah, exactly. Or goon bags, as they were called them in the, in in Oz. I don't know what that is, but fine, carry yeah. on. Um, no, so, the, so the red's good. It's really well made. I mean, the producer's really good. I've tried their white before. Um, biodynamic, a little bit funky, but um, yeah, the red's really good. It's kind of crunchy, vibrant. Not what I was expecting from a Margaret River Cabernet, which was a little bit more extraction, a little bit more concentration of fruit, um, and a little bit more tannin. This is quite vibrant, actually quite light. I mean, it's only 12.5% in alcohol. Um, but it's quite good. I've enjoyed it. It's quite easy to drink. I'd say yeah very easy to drink and the beer um, beer is delicious um, so yeah I mean it's a double IPA so it's going to be really strong so it means it's double hopped, it double um, hopped. so for those of you who don't those listeners who are not aware of what an IPA is it means I mean in- I could tell them as well but I think you should say this one yeah um, it means um... go on <sighs> Wait, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. I know, know. I do know. He doesn't know. India. India Pale Ale. India Pale Ale. Why am I having such a blank? Lit. I know more about booze than you. Yeah. I win, regardless. Well, you don't. This is being edited out because that was just a brain fart. No, it's not. We're carrying on. What, that was a brain trump. What do you think of the? Um, so the um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, in, d- double IPA, so it's mean means it's been double hops. I mean, you, you also use oats in it as well, don't they? They do. Fourteen yeah. oats. Um, yeah, in 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 the grist, which is um, which is what is kind of soaked and then fermented in order to make your beer but what about the flavors did you enjoy drinking it i did i mean the oats give it a slight creaminess on the palate um and it's not overly hoppy or floral which is what a lot of ipas suffer from is just being too kind of citrusy too too much um this is really good i mean they use um what is it here they use vic secret x431 mosaic and montuka hops um so mosaic can be quite floral. I mean, they've stayed away from something like citra and a lot of New Zealand hops, so that's quite nice. Sure. Um, something a little bit different. Um, but one thing that puts me off about this beer is the fact that they've named the yeast that they used on the label. Well, we can forgive them for that, because we're not reading... Uh, apart from you, no one's reading that anyway. It's just yeah. uh, it's just people, you know, having a little having a little drinky. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a delicious beer. Um, it's... It's quite strong, nine percent. But okay. I, I like the texture that gives you on, on on the palate. It's quite it's quite viscous, which works with the creaminess of the hops. Oh. I think it's a really well made beer. It's yeah. lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not a it's not a pilot beer, is it? A bit not a beer for pilots pre-flight. Um, no, it's definitely not a driving beer. No. Um, so I I I mean I I, I mirror all your comments because uh, we're short on time. Um, <laughs> and what, I've what, waffled. What, yeah. What you what are you taking home? Um, not taking home. That's not the game. <laughs> what do you prefer? Well, I finished the beer before I finished my glass of wine, so it's going to have to be the beer. And for me, it's going to have to be the beer. Did you know this is a really, it's too strong. It's going to cause trouble. Uh, it's 9%, but the, the double IPA V11 um, from Cloudwater 
is really delicious. It it's is. It's a really great beer, and we both loved it the whole way through. It's not something you would sit and knock back a couple of pints of, no. but you'd have one bottle and you'd really enjoy it because it's interesting, textural. With a uh, bowl of chips by the river. Oh, be as delicious. As the sun goes down. Ah, oh, yes, please. Yeah, that with chips would be amazing. Yeah, okay. Well, that is the podcast. Um, I take it for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Always a pleasure. Remember to like and subscribe, if indeed you can do that on a podcast, um, depending on your various apps. But yeah, lovely to have you listening. We'll be back again same time next week. Don't touch that dial. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, there isn't a dial. <laughs>